too many of us in our evangelical mm-hmm. communities, we create light post, right? And the light post solves one issue. It solves the light issue, right? But the because or the dark issue, but we're still cold. But when we move over to a bonfire, a mm-hmm. bonfire gives us both light and warmth, right? And in a cold and dark world, this mm-hmm. is what we need. And I think the the new the missionaries and the missiologists, we got to think about how do we build bonfires in our day? How do we bring both light and warmth? Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. The world tells us our differences should divide us. But the gospel, it has a different story. Our mission, our calling, his command, is a mission that unites every Christ follower in a way that stands out, a way that doesn't make sense to the world. Join us June 13th and 14th at SEND Conference to be refreshed and celebrate the church together on mission. A free event hosted by the International Mission Board and North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Learn more at SendConference.com. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Dahadi. What's up, man? What's going on with you? Oh man, just another day, another day, another chance to serve the Lord, another chance to have a conversation with you. And I'm excited about today's content um, I get to I get to interview you in the same style I interviewed Hayden a couple weeks ago, shot clock style. I don't Let's know if go. you got a, chance. I got a better jump shot than him. Well, that's what I've heard. I've heard that, and I don't know if you got a chance to check out that episode. But um, you know, Hayden was he was really good at that. So again, just by way of reminder for all those listening, what we're going to do is I'm going to hit you to Hadi with a number of questions, and you're going to have like the the time of a shot clock to respond to those. Um, this is a chance to pick your brain on a number of subjects and just dive into that wisdom. So, you ready, man? Let's get it. All right, let's get started with some easy ones. Just uh, first, first couple ones off the off the bat here. Football or basketball? What's your go-to? Basketball. Man, and you were like semi-pro football player. Goodness gracious! All right, Jordan or Kobe? Kobe, come on, twenty-three, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> wow. All right. If you've got one hour. One hour for a date with your wife. That's all you got. One hour. What are you taking your wife to do on that date? We're going to our favorite Thai spot. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to get good food because that's what she loves. It's Thai food. And we're going to do it. Awesome, man. All right. All right. So you had one hour uh, for a date night and you got some food. Now you got 30 minutes for a workout. Only 30 minutes to get into the gym. What are you going to get in? I'm going to do the over 40 workout with Funk Roberts because my man is designed some stuff just for people over 40. I got hurt too much doing that that young man stuff. So I'm doing over 40 workout. That's awesome, man. I love that. Awesome. Now let's get in some of the, the really important stuff. So Dahadi, one of your 
your core values, one of the things you value so much, it oozes out of you, is this concept of family. Why? Why do you value family so much? Well, I mean, I just really believe that biblically, the Bible tells us the church is not like family. It is family. You know, we, when we always talk about God is our father, Jesus is our elder brother, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. I think too oftentimes we don't treat one another like family. We treat one another like play cousins. And so I think the whole mm. dynamic of the body of Christ would change if we would really see ourselves as family. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right. Next question. Um, how many weeks out of the year in the early years of a church should a church planter preach? How many weeks out of the year in those early years should a church planter preach? I'm probably not the greatest person to ask in this, but I did I did the most weeks that I've ever preached um, in my first year. So I would say one, the most that you ever preach, but my most was 35. So I'm just letting you know that it is on the short end because we, I believe in team teaching and all that, but I would say the most because that is the time where you're going to be vision casting all the time and you need to establish that strong foundation. But, you know, so, but for me, that was 35. Mm, man, 35 times in those early years. You must have some uh, some stud people on your team uh, sharing the teaching load. If you trust, you trust yourself out of that pulpit that many times. That's a good, that's a good example to follow. Okay, here's the next question. What's the better way to multiply small groups? To split them in half as they get too big, or to send out a couple of people to start a new one? And why? 100% launching groups. Like I, I like I, people know in our church that you do not say split. The the connotation, the denotation, I mean it just feels bad. You know, when you talk about splitting, like we want to celebrate launching a group. So in our church basically what we say is that you need to get a core team. And so when we say the idea of getting a core team, a core team is where you have a qualified leader. That means they have to meet the standard of a deacon. Um, a core a core team of six to eight people that will go with them in a clear um, mission. And once you have that, you'd send those six to eight people out to go start your next, it's kind of the your pod to send out for the next birth of another city group that we have in our church. And so I would say 100% launching them, don't split them. Mm, that's good. Okay. Thinking about restoration, thinking about coming in and exegeting a community, what is one of the first community relationships that a planter should pursue? Your neighbor. I think it's just your neighbor. I think strategically, oftentimes we think about trying to get the most high governing official or those types of things. I just think get like getting to know your neighbor and you begin to model that out. But I always think about things in concentric circles, you know, um, you know, when we mm -hmm. think about concentric circles, like when you can be authentic, real in those closer relationships or those places, then it will be real in other ways. I think so many times we can, like as planters, go for power grabbing simply by just trying to get mm -hmm. the highest ranking official. But I think a lot of times, you know, when you start with your neighbor, people see that, oh, you're really about the neighborhood, like, and it's authenticity. So I really believe authenticity is the apologetic of our day. And if you're genuine with your neighbor, then you can go to whoever the most strategic person of peace is in that context. Wow. Wow. That's really good. That's really good. All right. What, what elements, which elements should be included in every worship service? What elements should be included in every worship service? 
um, prayer. I think prayer, the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about that my house will be a house of prayer. I think that is first and foremost um, significant. I also think um, both the proclamation of God's word needs to be in there. And, you know, you know, you got to have a little singing in there, you know, because I think it like you're singing God's word, you proclaiming God's word, you know, it just ministers to your heart in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. Do, are, are, is your church uh, a church that does communion every week? How often do you guys do communion? We don't do communion every week. We do communion um, right now. Um, it's like once a month, you know, but we've had seasons where you, we, we have done communion on a consistent basis. But I don't think, you know, so I think it's a very critical thing. But, you know, with those scriptures saying do it as often as you as often as you um, mm-hmm. remember me. And so it's just kind of like I don't think it's a mandate to do it every week. I think it's, you need to do it consistently. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be every week. That's good. That's good, man. Love that. All right. What's one big thing every planter should start saving for right now? Ooh, every planter starts saving for. I would say every planter needs to save for multiplication, for discipleship. And you know what I mean by that is that I I just really believe, and you know, obviously we're we are sin network, we're about a healthy multiplying church. But I think that a lot of times when we give our first fruits, our first fruits needs to go as a planter and a pastor needs to go towards things that's not going to impact them directly. You know, and I think it's a, it's a good model for us. And so I think it's given to a network or giving to, you know, the, the we, but at the same time thinking about how are we going to multiply um, this so that we can do our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria into the ends of the earth. What is that strategy to do that? It's really good. It's really good. All right. How often should a planter or pastor take time away? How often should they take time away and for how long? Well, this is definitely going to be a do as I um, say and not as I do because I don't do this, but this is where I'm going. I'm trying to say on a mm-hmm. consistent basis that I think every pastor, planner, leader needs to take at least an hour a day they need to take a day a week. They need to take a weekend a month, and they need to take a week a quarter. You know, in in in, in a month a year. So they didn't need to, and they need to do that before they plan anything else. Because oftentimes we will not, we will cheat ourselves. You know, out of that time because we, you know, we're the ones who um, sacrifice. And when I say taking those times, I really believe it's primarily for the replenishment of the planter. I'm not talking about even your nuclear family, because that's the difference between, um, what we need to refresh, um, you know, and obviously a month, you can't take an additional month for your family, but, you know, we need to kind of carve that out and we need to make sure that there's time within that, that is primarily sent to, for the replenishment of yourself. Because sometimes, and you know, as much as I love my family, Mm -hmm. Some of that, my family vacation times is not as replenishing as I would like, you know. And so I, you got to take mm-hmm. that time to replenish yourself and you need to also prioritize your family. But I'm speaking specifically for ourselves. Mm, that's that's really good. Yeah. So you say that again. You said a, a day a week. And what, what was the next level? A day a week. A week. I mean, I, so I'm sorry, an hour a day. A day a week, a week of a, um, a, mm-hmm. a weekend a month, 
um, a week, a quarter, and then a month every year. Mm, mm. Man, that's challenging. That's challenging to think about that. I think it's good. I think church planners and pastors need to hear that because they usually, uh, no, they ain't thinking that level, anything that level at all. And I would say this, that when we, when we talk about that, I think it's really important that this is time where you're able to do what you are called to do what you feel like, what's going to bring replenishment to you. Because oftentimes, you know, I just think it's really important because sometimes when we when we think about that, like I have, like I love my wife and she's great. But, you know, sometimes when my wife tries to hold me accountable to these days, it brings more stress to me, right? And I was like, this is the total opposite <laughs> from really what I'm trying to to get because you're trying to hold me accountable to this. And it's, it's so it's like, I'm, it's all throw it away. So it's just kind of like, it's, so it's like being able to frame it as what are the things that's going to replenish you, you know? And I think that that in not putting yourself in a box, you know, and saying, because there's certain things that replenish me that won't replenish other people. But that, I think that's critical to answer that question. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's good. All right. Here's a question. It's really practical for guys that are just getting started. Um, we know it's different for every context, but in general, your opinion, what should be the first full-time hire besides the lead pastor in the new church plant? The first full-time hire. Oh, yeah. So for my context, it's, and for me specifically, it's a teaching pastor, right? Because I told you, you know, in terms of, it's, it's where I would say teaching slash discipleship pastor, you know, I mean, at our church, we talk about disciple making is not a ministry of the church, but it is the ministry of the church. And so um, to making sure that for us, that we are having people that disciple making is going throughout all of our platforms is critical for us. And that, and, you know, and for me, I'm more of an apostolic leader and I need more. I need to ensure that I'm having that kind of teacher um person that is really thinking about that side of things and making sure that all of our platforms and we're leveraging all of our platforms. So I would say our first hire needs to be um, able to, needs to come out of understanding where your greatest weakness is, you know, or what you, what you Mm. really feel like is really important to that comes out of that because, you know, so I think that's really important. And I also would say is that it needs to um, be driven out of your structure like if you, I think so many times we do things like say, hey, this it's all about, it's, you know, it's about every day out of the week. It's not about just Sunday. It's not about just Sunday. But then what we find out is not our, not only our first hire, our second hire, our third hire, it's all about Sunday. So we 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 go to Sunday and we say it's, it's not just about Sunday, but all of our hires is about Sunday. We hire someone to preach. We hire a worship. We hire somebody to do children for Sunday. Everything is about Sunday. But then we get on Sunday and say it's not about Sunday only, you know. So I really do think that you got to understand that mm-hmm. that first hire and that second hire are culture hires, and you know, and you need to be able to understand mm. kind of where are you weak, you know, in order so that you can bring a full, well-rounded understanding um, for the church. It's good. Hey, we talk about restoration as one of our core values, and I've heard you talk a lot about the C's, spiritual, emotional, economic, and social, these pillars of restoration. Um, what, what's one of the first restoration initiatives that a planter should engage with when they plant their church? Well, you know, I already know, you know what I'm probably going to say. Um, it's actually emotional. 
um, emotional health for me. I think it, you, you just don't know when trauma is going to happen. And, and really the idea of understanding that so much trauma is going to happen after just to give you some history in blueprint church when we started blueprint church at we had our pastors it was three of us that was a part of the the original team our first hire was actually a counselor it was someone to kind of come in mm. to address the emotional because i mean we're we're there's so much right and trauma is just simply an inability to process the past anticipating something bad in the future right and so and i think that that that's especially in the neighborhoods that i'm in and what we're meeting is this there's so much trauma family drama family trauma like racial i mean all these things are traumatic and so i just really think the emotional piece is really critical um, for every person to address in, um, you know, as a pastor. So, you know, that's, and it don't necessarily mean you got to hire around there, but you got to address it. It's good. Uh, Dahati, you, you're an author, you've written a couple books. Um, if you had, maybe you do already have one in the works, but if you had to write a book today, what would your next book be on? It, it would be called Christianity and how I achieved it. I'm sorry. It's, it would be an American satire to Christianity, and it would be community and how I achieved it all by myself. And really, it's a satire on just kind of the idea of like, you know, how we have syncretized Christianity to think that it's all I need is me and God, this only relationship. But even God said, right, to Adam, the only person who ever lived the earth was just him and God. And you know what Adam, you know, what God said to Adam he says, it's not good for man to be alone. But, you know, what about all I need is you, God, right? That's what we say. All I need is you. He's like, no, this is not good because he's created us for a relationship, not only vertical, but also horizontal. And I think it's really important for us to understand um, that the, 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 what the horizontal relationship in terms of our Christianity looks like. Mm, that's good. That's really good. I can't wait to read that book. Uh, I'm sure it'll be out before too long. Um, if someone were to, to crack open your phone right now or get on your computer, find your music, what's on your playlist right now? What are you listening to? What style, what artist, what are you listening to? Well, I'm still listening. I'm, I'm Christian hip hop, Christian hip hop for the most part in worship, gospel worship music. So you, you're here people mm-hmm. like, um, you know, just like, first of all, like you got my brother's show Baraka, you got Lecrae, you got, you know, KB, you know, but then you go and you hear a lot of Tasha Cobbs, you know, you get Israel, mm-hmm. Israel Hooten. You, I mean, you get my man, right? Oh, man, I'm saying my man and I can't even remember. But, man, let me, I'm going to pull it up. Travis Green, there he goes. <laughs> Travis Green, you get Travis Green. I love oh, yeah. like, I, every yeah. single time. So, like, those are the people that, like, I listen to. It, you know, and what you won't hear see is a lot of secular music. And it's not because I think secular music is bad. It's because I've never recovered from that, that, you know, that college ministry, you know, when I was on college ministry and they told you to burn and tear up all your CDs. I've never recovered <laughs> from that. It was like, so ever since Biggie yeah. back in 96, 98, like I've never recovered from it. And I'm just like, I'm too lazy to go find my own music. So I'm still like, all I listen to is Christian stuff now. So, hey, there it is. Oh man, that's good. That's good. Hey, when you're a dad, Everything you listen to, you, you got to have this dad filter on. Can my kids listen to this too? So that's that's good and that's safe, man. I love it. All right, here's the last question I want you to answer, and you make it. You may take a little bit longer, um, but where are we going next? Uh, as as a network, 
Send Network. What do you think God has for us next? Well, I think, you know, this idea of like being establishing the new normal, right? And what this new normal looks like, I think a lot of it is just really getting back to the the basics. Like, I, you know, when we think about this a church, like I, I like specifically a blueprint and even when I think about membership, a big thing is like we gotta shift from being a family of members or even membering churches within the sin network. Mm to a family of missionary churches within the SIN network, right? I think there's no greater time than now for us to move into this tension that we have within within our denomination, within our country, within our cities, to, to move into this tension, to show the world that we are God's disciples because of our love for one another as we are engaging in our love for them. You know, I really do believe that we, we are, we're built for this, we're ready to kind of move into this new normal, mm. but we gotta we gotta embrace our our missionary call. And what I mean about being a missionary, it's about bringing both light and warmth. Think about it this way: that in a cold and dark world, oftentimes, you know, we we the question becomes: is would we rather a light post or a bonfire? Too many of us in our evangelical mm. communities we create light posts, right? And the light post solves one issue. It solves the light issue, right? But the because or the dark issue, but we're still cold. But when we move over to a bonfire, a mm. bonfire gives us both light and warmth, right? And in a cold and dark world, this mm. is what we need. And I think the the new the missionaries and the missiologists, we got to think about how do we build bonfires in our day? How do we bring both light and warmth? And that's the reason why I love Sin Network, because when we talk about Sin Network, yeah, we're talking about the gospel and proclaiming the gospel, but that gospel that we proclaim is about all about, it's about family as we are seeking to multiply and bring in holistic restoration. And I think it's really critical for us to see the the totality, the light and the warmth that the gospel mm. brings to us. And so that's what I would say. Man, man, love it, love it. Missionaries over membership, we were built for this, man. Dahadi, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to spit some wisdom today for everybody that listens. Hey, thank you all for joining us for another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. As always, hit that subscribe button, share this with your friends, share this on social media. If you want to know more about church planting with the Send Network, you can text the words Send Network to 888-123. That's 888-123. Or check us out at sendnetwork.com. And as always, until next time, We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.